Welcome back to Word and Table, a weekly podcast about liturgy, sacraments, and the great traditions of Christian worship and why they are vital in our world today. Uh, I'm here, uh, we're recording again from Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois, the Cathedral of the Diocese of the Upper Midwest and the Anglican Church in North America, and I'm here with the canon theologian of our diocese, uh, as always, uh, the one and only Father Stephen <laughs> Gautier. Good morning, Alex. Uh, good morning, how are you? So uh, today, you know, we're, I want to talk about another sacramental, um, one that is uh, the, the first part of the uh, often said um, saying, smells and bells, you know, right, right. We're, we're part of a smells and bells church. Um, so I want to talk about the smells. Um, incense. Uh, there's times in the service where I've seen incense used, uh, this in, in, especially in one of those things that swing around. Um, it's called a thurible. It's called a thurible. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's get right to it. Uh, where does in- incense come from? What's its significance? Well, there are a few different symbols. You know, when you look at the symbolism of incense, one is actually the presence of God. Remember, how did you know that God was present? When they, for example, when the, when the tent was, was constructed in the wilderness, how do we know God really came? Remember, there's a cloud that fills the, uh, fills the, fills the tent. Same yeah. thing was true of the, t- uh, the tabernacle or the tent. The same thing is true of the temple, right? This cloud fills the temple. Um, we have at Sinai, how do we know God's presence? A cloud descends upon the mountain. Huh. So one symbol of the smoke is the symbol of the presence of God. Remember, there's a cloud around Jesus, the transfiguration, a cloud comes, you know, envelops them. That's okay. the idea of the presence of God. So on one level, the incense is calling back those Old Testament uh, indicators of God's presence. Very much. Or New Testament in the case of the the, um, uh, the transfiguration would be even New Testament where, where Jesus, where the apostles with Jesus. He's with Moses and Elijah, oh, yeah. and, and it says a cloud, cloud comes uh, comes uh, comes around them. But also the um, it also dealt with a basic thing, you know. Especially in a world before before we could fly, one of the things that really amazed us is wouldn't it be able to if, if heaven's up there? Wouldn't it be wonderful to go up there? And so the beautiful symbolism that's what became the symbol of prayer is the idea that I can do something here and I can actually see this cloud go up where I cannot go. Uh, you know, that goes beyond me. That you know, I'm here, but somehow this is this reaches far beyond me and goes up as far as I can see. And that's why, for example, in the Psalms it says, "Let my prayers like rise to heaven like incense before yeah. you." Um, so we have that, and that's the imagery we have in the Book of Revelation. And said the, the incense represents the prayers of the saints. Again, that fundamental image: I'm here, but I want to connect with God. And the idea of prayer is that connection. So it's a symbol of the prayers of the church rising, rising to God. Hmm. We had it, of course. In the in the Old Testament, uh, there was actually an altar of incense in the in the tabernacle or in the temple. Right? There's actually an altar of incense there, uh, and again, we have incense in the Book of Revelation. Again, the angels in heaven using incense. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's a lot of layers of meaning there. Mm-hmm. So, when is incense? typically used well there are two different things it's sort of a funny one way is a very practical thing and the others are symbolic okay. uh, things because um the, the practical thing was in the ancient world without modern sewers and things streets were pretty smelly places okay uh, i see know, where this is going yes <laughs> and so what actually happened with uh roman magistrates and things people rich people important people is when they would go out they would have somebody with a pot burning with basically perfumes or you know version of um what do you call the things that you uh, like an air freshener, air fresheners, yeah. you know, basically would go out before them with the, the pot of, you know, basically get rid of the get rid of the smell. Okay, and then they would be followed by people who would bring light, 
That's where you get, and you know, and then to be followed by the person. That's where the origin of our processions comes from. Oh, is that's why you might people sometimes strange. They say, well, how come the cross comes after the thoroughfare? The thorough, you know, the one carrying the thurible, the one with the incense. Why does he go first? Mm-hmm. Because in processions, he was always there for the practical reason. Of that he's upwind. Upwind. Okay. He was upwind. <laughs> and then you would follow the important person who would be surrounded by, by torches, you know, uh, basically to light the way. So that's our, still our form of the procession today. Okay, so on one level, this is first century Febreze. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, but, you know, we kept that. It became symbolic, obviously, long after the practical thing was lost. People had this idea of processions of beautiful thing of the incense rising and we've kept that with the procession coming in but elsewhere in the service it's different also incense was used as a way of like holy water a way of setting things apart for god of constantly this is for god setting them apart for god especially things that it wouldn't be practically sprinkling a lot of water on so typically what will happen in a in a in a church for example in an anglo-catholic church is initially in a very major feast is the priest will come in and he will actually go around the altar and incense the altar and incense the cross to come in, sort of set this aside for the service that's about to take place. So it's similar to holy water. Right. It's, okay. it's setting that aside. Another thing will happen is at the offertory. Is at the offertory, when all the um, you know gifts are put on the altar, is the priest again on one of these great holy days uh, will, t- will take incense and will actually, first of all, sense the gifts themselves. You know, again, set them aside for God, mm-hmm. holy to God. We'll go around the altar one more time, but then something really beautiful happens there. Is the thurifer, the one who's carrying the incense, what he'll do is he'll go out in front of the altar and he'll bow and the altar body will bow to him and he will actually sense them, the members, saying it's not mm-hmm. just the thing, it's them, the, those approaching the altar have to be you know, set aside for God as well. So when you say sense, describe what he does. Uh, basically, um, it's on a chain, so it basically... Uh, move the chain toward. Uh, what would you say? Uh, okay. Way to describe that. So you kind of are swinging it swinging, a little bit, like a, you're swinging. You're swinging the the things towards them, right? Okay. The, you know, I actually I went to a, an ordination service uh, here. We we were we were both at it uh, a, a month or so ago, and and I that happened. And you know, we don't we don't use a thoroughfare uh, regularly in our church. Um, so it was a, it was kind of a, it was a real treat, and it really did smell good. I, I really did enjoy it. In the Eastern Orthodox Church, they really emphasize the idea of clouds. You know, sort of block the way actually, you know, physically the, the visibility. That tends to be less the case in the Western Church. But what, the other thing, though, as I was saying in that in that ceremony, where he then turns around to the whole congregation, and you know, and he bows to them, they bow to him, and he also senses them, reminding all of us are set apart for this. You know, are are, are being set apart for this. So that's basically the use. You have the initial use, which is a remnant from the old ceremonial that is a beautiful way for a procession to start. Uh-huh. Actually, sometimes in Anglican churches, um, you'll have something called a verger, and that sort of ties in with the old procession idea. A verger is someone carrying a very large stick. Uh, I used to be in my long ago. I used to be a verger. Yeah. And they are dressed somewhat like a college professor, but they have a funny hat, okay. uh, typically. And they lead the procession in front of the, of, in front of the thurible. And their purpose, actually, historically, was to beat away dogs and beggars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people they had to make their way through. So they're basically like, you know, when you have a when we have a, a parade, we will have, um, you know. A, but like uh, motorcycles with police yeah, go police in front, motorcycles. basically clear the way. Get out of the way. Basically, yeah. the the, uh, the origin, the, the verger was, you know, record at clearing the way, uh, yeah. clearing the clearing the way to go forward. Then you would have the uh, the thoroughfare, uh-huh. making it an acceptable way. And then you have the torch bearers, and you'd have your 
your guest of honor. Oh man, I sure hope that we don't have any vergers uh, beating off beggars never, anymore. Never, never, uh, no. the, but in the, in the <laughs> I don't think Jesus of, would take kindly to that. No, no, it's more or less of saying the crowds, getting people off the road, you know, basically clearing away. Okay. And again, if you've been in ancient uh, towns, if you've ever visited Jerusalem or been some of the old towns of Europe, mm. uh, you have to remember the public thoroughfares were very narrow. Okay. So people really move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you really had to move to one this, side. This, by the way, was one of the origins of the entrance in we have at church. Uh-huh. Some people didn't know about was they started singing psalms. We know why they did, because uh, they told us, is okay. that um, it was a way of saying, look, we need to get through. Because, you know, they had to start from the front of the church and get back. It was a way of basically telling people we're starting. Okay. So people could actually move out of the way and people could get through the aisles. Got it. Let's get yeah. started. Let's get started. So um, so the incense, there's the there's the visual of it, the cloud. A reminder um, of God's presence filling a place. Uh, and then there's the then there's the smell, the 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 sweet smelling um, mm-hmm. the sweet smelling. And always a symbol of, of prayer. Again, yeah. one of the fundamental symbols again is in the Bible, especially, is it's a symbol of prayer. What we're doing it visualizes what's happening when we pray. Our praises are actually rising to the throne of God, mm. and it's a perfect visual image of going someplace we can never hope to rise. We're praying here, and we see the clouds just rising up, yeah. and that's the image in the old in the Book of Psalms. Again, let my prayer rise right, like incense before you, yeah. and in the Book of Revelation, the prayers of the saints are rising like incense. And it seems to suggest that the the Lord is really pleased with that aroma of our prayers in the same way exactly we are god's presence and our connection with god that our prayers connect us to that presence yeah god's presence and our connection to that presence through prayer yeah well thanks so much father Stephen. that's all the time we have for today's episode and thank you so much for listening to word and table we'll be back next week for more on liturgy sacrament and the great tradition of christian worship thanks for listening